Dude, man, it makes you feel classy when you're drinking wine out of a fucking can. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Love Drunk. Oh my gosh, that feels so good to say. I'm so happy. Um, hey gang, we're back. I'm your host, Charlotte Rose. I have here the amazing, the wonderful, the incomparable Olivia Bagan is like with that's me. that's such a lead-in. <laughs> it's, no, but it's, it's true. It's true. It's true. I'm so excited that you are, because you're the, you're the first guest on. So I did record an episode that was just me solo. I talked about my recent experience with my ex. Mm-hmm. I was like, it would be truly unfair to have someone on this podcast before I got all of that out there because I would literally be like, listen, shut up. I have a story to tell. I have so much to say. I have so much (laughs) to say. Um, so, so yeah, I'm so thrilled that you are like the first guest in like the new age, the renaissance of love. I'm so fucking excited. Renaissance. That is the the word. Renaissance of love. That is what I'm all about. I'm all about it. Oh my god, Olivia, what the heck are we drinking right now? We are drinking some fucking classy-ass house wine. House wine. In cans. House wine in cans. If you don't drink your wine out of a can, what are you even doing with your life? I don't you know? know. I mean, I spilled all over myself, so I might need a bib and or a sippy cup, but that's yeah, the, the point. There have been some canned wines that are not super great. House wine has changed the game. Two cans equals one bottle of wine. Not a sponsored not ad. Not a sponsored <laughs> ad. But low-key house wines hit me up because like I've invested a lot of money in you. You should invest some money in me. Um, yeah, what? One can is half a bottle? Yeah, so one can is half a bottle. So right Olivia now. and I are both half a bottle deep right now, um, which is absolutely just a great place to be. I know. Just and I'm like gulping, so it's going to like hit me hard. <laughs> she chugging, she chugging. Well, speaking of drinking, um, here on Love Drunk, we do allow the guests to pick the poison and anything is on the table except for... Gin! That's right. We do not drink gin here on Love Drunk. If you want to drink gin on a podcast, then start your own podcast. Uh, I did reach out to Olivia to ask her what we should drink, and she was like, you know what? Those house wines that I've got turned on to, they have been a quarantine savior, Mm -hmm. truly. It's been two two cans. I mean, I could probably get them cheaper somewhere else, but like the little grocery store across the well, street. Well, they like you guys too. They don't. It's like they, really cute. They very much do. Um, we're very good friends. I'm not gonna name them on the name podcast. Drop. I'm not gonna name <laughs> drop on the podcast. Uh, but I do recommend if you do move into an apartment across the street from a liquor store, you should 110% befriend the men working at <laughs> the liquor <laughs> store. The best friend. Well, okay, I don't know if you've noticed, but we are in the middle of a pandemic right now. Oh my god. What? So what's... I blacked okay. it out. <laughs> Honestly, what is that? Um, No, it's been insane. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's also a great thing because I want to talk to you about like dating during the pandemic. Like oh what has been going on with you, Olivia Bagan? Oh you have... God. you, And also, you're just a person, a very well-rounded person who's got a lot of shit going on. Thank you. Right now. I what's do. what's going on? What's happening? Give me some updates with with, with life, with whatever. Um, no, with dating and the mm-hmm. quarantine. So it's funny because I moved out to LA uh, last year mm-hmm. in September to start. Pers- I mean, you know this, but to yes. pursue a, a graduate degree at UCLA. 
And uh, so it's funny because like I joke that in that first, not even full year, because then the pandemic happened in mm-hmm. March and I flew back to Chicago where I'm from to stay with my family. I had only gone on, on one date, like pre, like pre-quarantine. Right. And it's funny because... And I don't even mean this in an irresponsible way, but like I think I have done more dating in quarantine than I had in in like the normal time. Right. You know? You're and literally talking to someone who found like literally started dating and like the press of a bo- it. like yeah. literally and and I I had downloaded a dating app truly to just be like, oh I'm gonna flirt and I'm gonna like, you know, brush off the cobwebs, la di da, and mm. then accidentally found like the best person in the world. So it's it's I've noticed a lot of people are responsibly dating during quarantine. I I was actually thinking about this today while I was showering. (laughs) No, but I actually think that there's been more of an urge to meet people in real life. Mm -hmm. Not in in the sense of like irresponsibly because you, you know, you could potentially spread something to someone else. Right. But it's like there's been such a lack of, of people being able to, like, communicate with someone and be close and touch someone and and have a physical body with them, mm-hmm. that it's, like, people are more willing to kind of jump through hoops to, like, go out on the date to see you. Yes. And I think, I mean, I think that's the big thing, right? And I always joke, too, because, like, I'm, a like, a nut for, like, safe sex. So, like, it's funny, too, because it's, like, everyone in quarantine, right, rightfully is so, you know, like, I want to be safe or most people are like I want to be safe I want to be safe the good people and I'm just like yeah exactly the good people (laughs) the good people Uh, but it's also I'm like I'm like great so now when I ask you like when your last STI test was and if you use condoms like it should be no problem right exactly (laughs) exactly no and that was and that was another reason why I was so excited to have you on the podcast because you have always been so outspoken about female sexuality Mm -hmm. about sex about safe sex about Mm -hmm just just edu- sex education yes, um forte. which and it's it's something that i feel like is so important and this is coming from i grew up in texas went to texas public schools it was literally like it 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 is the mean girl situation of don't have sex or you'll get pregnant and die <laughs> we had our sex education they do like the um so they called it aim for success we all jokingly called it aim for some sex <laughs> Obviously, (laughs) but it was literally one of those things where they'd be like, everyone touch, like everyone pass around this like candy bar or whatever, and then it would get to the end of the row, and they'd be like, everyone touch this candy bar. Do you still want to eat it? (laughs) Like it was disgusting. It was the wrappers all crinkled and messed up. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Not pretty anymore. That's so stupid. Yeah. The only thing I will, I, I don't give credit lightly. The only thing. I will give credit to Aim for Some Sex, is that they did have a section of your <laughs> your sexuality is a gift and it's wrapped. No one can take it from you. So mm. if someone forcefully took it from you and unwrapped it, you get to rewrap it. Brownie points for that. Brownie points for that. And One that is moment not, of enlightenment. <laughs> exactly. In truly just like 
an awful, just an awful, awful program. I will say I did appreciate that for mm-hmm. sexual assault survivors. For, no, yeah, totally. Like, people who had had experiences like that. You shouldn't they, feel ashamed of that. Exactly. Yeah. So that is the one, the one. The but one also, kernel that you're like, all exactly. right, that was positive. But also, granted, that was maybe, like, a five-minute conversation and, like, an hour-and-a-half presentation. So um, literally, I remember being in sixth grade and a man being like, don't wear short skirts because you know how boys think. And I was like... Uh-huh. Yes. B- besides that, <laughs> totally fucked up. And they passed out little slips afterwards and it literally asked you, and it was anonymous, but they asked you, it was like, after <laughs> after this program, would you say that you would save yourself for marriage? And it's like- <laughs> They're doing testing the, for the big exactly. man. That's so fucked up. Um, Report yeah, back so, to the parents. All right, so here's the data. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's so- it's so fucked up and sex education is so terrible everywhere but especially mm-hmm. when I was growing up in the south it was just it was awful like it was awful awful so so it did take me a good amount of time before I felt comfortable speaking up about sex and female sexuality yeah. like this podcast is supposed yeah. to be about love sex dating and relationships totally I so respect you because you and I want I'll turn it over to no, you because yeah. I want you to talk more about it but you have integrated this so much into your art mm-hmm. and I think it's so important so like oh my gosh lead you. off on that no I think I so I respect you and I think it's so amazing because you're so outspoken you're so like you're the, like I feel like you're just fucking not afraid to it's it's taken a while I mean like everyone right it's 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 a personal journey like mm-hmm. it's funny because when you're talking about like so I lived in Florida for two years when I was little yes south, south. yes yes Jeez. exactly except people for, weird like and people i don't forget. Florida. i like florida I'm, i love disney world but like florida is weird it's but a it's weird like state. there's like miami and then there's like palm disney beach there's, yeah. Yeah. yeah and then there's orlando and then there's or- and then, and then you go to tampa and you're like oh i'm and in clear water and like, then the all fuck? of a sudden you're like oh wait no this is the south <laughs> yes no it's weird so I always joke that like my my lead way in to like what's what's started this all for me yes. was that like I moved from we moved from like our suburb in Chicago uh, when I was in fourth grade the beginning mm-hmm. of fourth grade and so fifth grade is when they had the you know the sex talk the mm-hmm. preliminary we separate the girls from the boys right because like for the most part Illinois is progressive in and we I was thankful enough to live in a really great public school district mm-hmm. in uh, Chicago when I moved to Florida though it's like especially when we moved it was like still so very much underdeveloped and they didn't have a great public school so mm-hmm. you had to go to a private school and so I joke okay. because I missed all of the sex stuff. I'm the oldest of five kids, so my parents didn't even think to like bring it up. And it's not that they're prudes or anything. It was just like I'm their fruit. I'm the test baby, you know. I just re- I for some reason I thought you had like an older sibling and then mostly younger siblings, no, but you are. I the am oldest. the oldest, and I have four Damn. younger kids. Or, like I call them my kids, basically. But the whole point of of this whole Chicago to Florida story is that. I got my period relatively young. I got it when I was 10. And so I... My sister got hers when she was 11. And I didn't get mine until like... Four, like and, 13, 14. And so many girls were like, I had friends who were like, I want my period. I'm like, no, you do not. I was that girl. Yeah. I was the one that was and like, now you're like, I want my period. And I was like, I would go back and smack myself. Yeah, I've had it up. for over a decade. That sounds so Disgusting. dramatic. Disgusting. But so I remember very vividly, it was January 1st, very fitting, new year. <laughs> and I was like my first um, like overnight friend in Florida because mm-hmm. I, because my mom drove us She's amazing. 
literally like an hour every day to go to school. Oh my god. It was god. so far away. Yeah. So we could go to like the school that we needed to go to. Oh my she god. drove like an hour. Shout she's out am- to your mom. She's amazing. Yeah. Love that. But so I got my period and I we were literally paying one of those her name was Brittany. My friend that was coming over was Brittany. I'm playing one of those stupid like like crush games which like I don't even know if I've ever played before but like oh like you're at the mall and you like called this crush it was like one of those crush mall board games I have never played I like thought those were the stuff I saw commercials it's for like them very but I was like 90s. did anyone ever own one of those I never got to play I I don't I couldn't enjoy it because I went to the bathroom and I looked in the toilet and I was like and I'm I'm a hypochondriac, man. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, I fucking have cancer, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm like dying. I'm like dying of cancer. But I'm also a good hostess. So I put on <laughs> so I put on a good party face and I come outside and I'm like trying to play this stupid crush game that means nothing to and me. And you're now. like, it's I'm dying. Like what is the point My of a days dumb are crush game? My days are numbered. <laughs> and this is how I spend these little final days. But Brittany is here and I'm trying to like keep it cool, you know? Because I have like one of those like calm panics where I just go stoic and it's all internalized. Mm-hmm. And then I remember at a point my I'm very close to my grandparents on my mom's side and they would like stay with us for like weeks on end and I remember going outside and like chatting with my grandma mama and I was like finally had to come clean I was like I think I'm dying of cancer and she looks at me and she's like what like why would you think that and I like explained to her and she's like oh like that's not cancer like that's just that awful thing you'll have forever you know (laughs) um so anyways long story short like it's just I had no, at that moment, like, I look back and I laugh, but I, I really thought I was dying, and I had no agency over my body. Like, I didn't know what was going on, yeah. so, like, your point about, like, how important sexual education is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't even know how sex happened. Like, I was kind of a perverted kid, and my Barbies were definitely naked in the oh, bed together. My Brad dolls. But, Hondo, um, <laughs> Olivia has to be like, no, I had, of they course were you have dolls. They were fucking No, but I, I, I will, I'll, this is a thing. It's, uh, what I love is that, like, as you get older, you'll admit to more and more things and you realize that you weren't alone in that. And it's like, yeah, I made my Barbies have sex. Dude, my, my Barbies did some weird humiliation shit that I'm like, has definitely, I'm like, I get it in some of my porn searches, but like... <laughs> Like, it makes sense now. Full circle. Wow. Full circle. Like, wow. Okay, no, this this is who I am. But, yeah, no, so I just feel like uh, it was kind of like my lack of agency, right? Like, Mm -hmm. where I didn't know what was going on. That, to me, I feel like was the moment that it made sense, you know? Yeah. Like, I always thought I was kind of more sexual like even as a child even though that's kind of like a taboo topic like I'm not saying anyone did anything inappropriate or whatever but like you just start to notice things about your body and the Mm -hmm. world and like how you um like how you relate to yourself and to things that you find attractive in this or whatever I noticed that at a young age and then I I it was like that also not understanding what was going on. Right. And thankfully we did um at a point like we were only in Florida for 2 years and we moved back. And once we moved back like we had like a comprehensive like that's another whole funny story but we had like a very great comprehensive like in middle school we talked about STIs and I always remember that I don't know if I told you a story. So like in middle school, you learn about STIs, mm-hmm. and then in high school is where they, like, dig in with health, you know? Yeah. And they talk about, like, everything else, which I had an amazing health class. Mrs. Nessie was the best. 
Uh, shout out. She's amazing. But anyway, Super fast. I will interrupt you just to say, I had health in eighth grade and then, like, never That again. was it? Yeah, yeah that was see, it. Yeah, see, and was well, this is another thing. Don't, like, there's, I think it's slightly changed under Obama, but, like, there were, statistically, like, there were only 13 states that were required to give medically accurate information in sexual education classes. Which I think is insane. Like, sexual education is kind of the class that you need medically accurate information. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it's just lacking. And no, that's the, it's awful. You know, and that was that was something that, like, they literally gave one of the coaches who didn't want to teach any. Like, but that's, and that's the they problem. They, they have a joke. It. They even joked about that New Girl, where it's like... They coach like, doesn't know coach, what he, the fuck he's doing. Exactly. Yeah, he's and like, coach is like, oh, yeah. now I got to teach health because they want me to be more than just a coach. I, I mean, I come from a cat, like, like I come from a Catholic, you always, the joke is, I was raised Catholic. My mom says she's a recovering Catholic. Yeah, oh, I love that. No, and. You can steal that, take that from her. And it's like, I know I like that, but that's a joke, you always talk to someone and they're like, if they say I was raised Catholic, it means like, oh, I went through all the steps, however, I no longer practice, (laughs) right? No, thank you. Um, And it's a lot of guilt and it is, you know, kind of a lot of strictness. Yeah. And it's funny because my mom and dad individually are not very religious. My dad's side of the family is very religious. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I remember, I never got, so in Catholicism, and I'm a bad Catholic, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't even identify as one, but, you know, a raised one, recovering one, whatever. Right. So you get baptized when you're born. You have mm-hmm. no control over that because you're you get little fucking, sprinkles. yeah, infant. Mm-hmm. Then you get... Your communion is the next biggest thing, mm-hmm. where you take your CCD classes, and then you drink the wine, and I always wanted to drink the wine, because I was fucking, like, fucking lush back then. You're like, um, And then eat the little chips, because I'm also, like, a foodie. <laughs> that's, like, that's what I wanted to do. You're like, this is the intersection of my interests. Right? Let's do it. And then you have the confirmation, right? And that's the last step. So I never made it to, to communion. <laughs> Like, my other siblings did. I did not. Like, I, I'm one of five. And I, I would think it was because we were always moving, so mm-hmm. I could never enroll in CCD. And then gotcha. it was past the point where I was too old for it. You know, right. it's like that kid who's, like, still in fifth grade, but he should be in high school. And I was like, I'm not about to do that, you know? You're like, I'm not about to put myself through that. No, and, no. I, and, and that was a big thing. It was like, I always felt really guilty when we go to church, because, like, I couldn't go up for communion. And I felt like everyone was staring at me, oh. you know? And I think that was a lot of kind of how sex was in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Where especially as a, as a female, it's like you're not really supposed to talk about this stuff and, like, you're not really supposed to have these feelings mm-hmm. and, like, especially not understanding your body when you were younger that it was kind of something that I didn't feel comfortable with talking about until I started talking about it with my friends. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I had my high school boyfriend who, like, we had really – I mean, our relationship was not great. We're still friends to this day, but, like, we're still friends. He wasn't a good boyfriend, and he would come on this podcast and declare that as well. Um, But we had great sexual communication, and I think it was every step of the way I started feeling more comfortable about it. And then it kind of became, like, a saving grace because friends would come to me, and they would be like, I have this problem. I want to talk to you. And it made me feel really good that they trusted me enough to have this open, like, really intimate conversation. Right. And then it just kind of became, like, 
this is what I'm interested, like, this is what I research at night. This is what I think about. And like, I felt bad about it. And that just motivated me more, you know, because it was like, I felt bad about it. There's another girl, there's another little boy that feels bad about it. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, we shouldn't feel bad about it. It's, no. it's a natural open thing. Like, that's the thing. Like, we just have to learn to communicate better about it. So in like a very, a very nutshell way, it was not easy for me to talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. It's become easy, more easy for me to talk about it. And even to this day, like, I still have moments where I'm like, professionally, are people going to look at me differently? Yeah. Because I also have, you know, this dark, jokey sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And I can get really graphic if I want to. I can get really highbrow and talk about it. Uh -huh. And I can get real dirty and talk about it, too. And and it's the You're dirt. You're very layered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like an onion. Yes. <laughs> to, quote, to quote Shrek. Um, but because of that, yeah. So I appreciate that, but I'm also like, it was not easy. It yeah. was definitely not easy. I, I, I so feel that too, because I feel like my, my sexual autonomy was, it was something that it took me so long to harness and it took me so long to talk about. And then mm -hmm. finally, like I had the conversation recently with my boyfriend where I was like, I went through my hoe phase and I need you to know Hotation. that I like, <laughs> I went through my hoe phase and that's how you know you're in a solid relationship is that like. There were some things, and based on previous relationships, where there were some stories where I was like, I can't tell this story, this is inappropriate, this mm -hmm. is like whatever. But it was something where it was like, it felt so powerful to me and it felt so empowering to share my sexual experiences as someone who like really did not feel in control of herself, in control of her body for most of her life. Yeah. And then it was like, truly in the last couple years is when I was finally like, this is my body, this is my life, I can make these decisions for myself. Hence, ho face. Love ho -face. it. Um, love it. Location. But um, there are some times where I feel like, not that it's used against me, but I feel like almost there are times where... I feel like maybe I've shared too much and I've given people too much information. Ugh, it's so annoying. Yeah, yes. I get that. Yeah. Because like one of my biggest, one of my biggest things, especially with dating, has always been, I mean, there's the, the obvious Madonna whore complex, right? Of course. Where it's like, you know, I had a teacher once say, and granted, she was white, so this is a little, slightly privileged. But she said that women are the only minority that have ever been put, have ever been discriminated against by being put on a pedestal. And like within the Madonna horror complex, right? Like a, a guy wants someone who's virginal and pure to be the mother of his children mm -hmm. and to, you know, further his seed. Yes. But then he wants, you know, basically a slut in the bed to do, to, to like ignite his fire, right? Yeah. So th there's always that kind of like running cliche. But the thing that always frustrated with me is I, I felt like I met two tracks of men when I'd be dating. Mm -hmm. And one of them would be like, if I talked about sex, they assumed that I wanted to have sex with them, right? Right. And it's like, no, <laughs> like, that's not how it works, you exactly. know, especially because yeah. it's like, like the conversation we're having now too, where it's like. It's a lot of just personal experiences. No and offense, like, Olivia. I'm so, you're so great. I don't want to have sex with you. Oh my gosh. I'm like, she's touching my thigh though, guys. I don't know. She, her, her, her words are saying, yeah, no, but no. I'm Mama, tell me no. <laughs> No, but yes. that's a, but that's the thing. Is that's we, a big it's, thing. But yeah. it's a and good, it's, ridiculous. it's a good point. It is, it's ridiculous. But it's like you'd go and you talk to a guy and like you're talking about sex, even if it's on a date, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking about things. Doesn't mean I want 
you to take me home or I want to take you home. Mm -hmm. Then there would be the flip side of guys that I felt not necessarily were like fetishizing me, but they were kind of like, this is a novelty. Like you're a novelty that you're so sexual and we're like so into it. And it's so sad because it's like, the reason you seem like a novelty is because there are so many women that are afraid to they be can't. outspoken about it. And part of it is not yeah. even their fault. It's like part of what we're learned and part of it is like all the douchey guys that we meet. Exactly, yeah. But but it would be like, initially they're like, oh, you're a novelty, but then they fucking like have emasculation issues. Like it was always those guys, right? Like they would be like, I'm all about a girl who's sexual and whatever. And then they'd be like, oh, She's like has a bigger appetite than I do, but it has been it's been frustrating because like it has made me have to censor myself a bit. Yeah, where it's like I don't necessarily talk about this stuff on the first date, Mm -hmm. on maybe even on the second date. It might come up on the third date because it's like you don't know how a guy is gonna take it. Yeah, you know, like and I'm dating as a straight woman, like you don't know Mm -hmm. um and it's like sucks to get put into a category in a box based off of just one conversation and then you're pegged for the rest of it exactly yeah so yeah (laughs) it's hard it's tough it's it's so but that's the thing is it's sort of like I've I've kind of been like I'm empowered and I share this and then all of a sudden it all comes back to me in certain ways or it's like my friends making jokes or it's like you know shit like that and then I'm like oh should I have not shared that much about myself but I just who I am as a person I tell everyone everything all the time that's literally that way too obviously (laughs) my joke like that's my joke where I was like I always say like oh well you know me I tell everyone everything all the time I don't have a filter I don't have I like I if I feel any semblance of closeness to you it's like you know what's going on in my Mm -hmm. mind like every I in college especially I was like I need an emotional army to help me through whatever feeling I'm feeling and it was always easy when like those weren't like my friends knowing my kinks and then all of a sudden it was and not to say that my friends used that against me but it was always like it was like sometimes I was kind of the butt of a joke and it did make me uncomfortable and I have most recently started speaking out against that saying it upsets me when you say that like exactly where it's like it's it's Treat it with respect. Like, there, exactly. there are certain lines. I get exactly. that. Exactly. And it's like, I share this information with you because I trust you. And then when you come back at me with jokes, you know, make, you know, it, it, it makes me not trust you anymore. No, and it's like, thankfully, I have not experienced that within, like, my friend group. Like, it's mostly been with men. Mm-hmm. The thing that... The thing that is the line for me that I think somehow I've magically just been okay with and... Love it is worked for me is like my like art <laughs> because like but because of my family yeah. right you know and I don't know at what point my family kind of acknowledged that like oh Olivia is sexual and this is what she talks about and then it becomes a joke with all of us I got lucky v too because it's like at a certain point I don't know if it was like age or whatever I don't know it was partially because my parents divorced and you know like my dad is like a little bit of a frat boy and my mom's mm-hmm. more of an artsy type whatever but there was this acceptance that like the the stories that I wrote dealt with sexuality mm-hmm. and not you know and like they're comedy so it's like yeah. a little bit of a of, of you know it's not like 
fucking porn like on it's the television. Yeah, it's 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 commentary and it's comedy and you know there there is taste and whatnot. But like that being said, there's you know still fucking dick jokes and of whatever. Course, and, of course. And like my grandma, like my grandparents, like my grandma would be like my hype woman too because she was like so she was she was amazing too, but she was a theater major, like, double psychology theater major in college, like, and this was back in the day when, like, women did not go to, like, go to college, right, you oh, know? love. And so she was, like, an acting major. She put on her own show. Like, she was supposed to be, um, she did something at the Pasadena Playhouse. She was supposed to be, like, the romper room woman. Like, she, like, had a really, really, was very, very talented. But so she's, like, very much a, a talkative lady, and so she, we would go into Jewel, and she, well, Jewel's like the Ralphs or whatever of Illinois. But she, we'd like go into, you know, Jewel Osco, and she'd be like, talk, she'd make friends with anyone, and she'd be talking to Clark, and she'd be like, well, my granddaughter Olivia has this play going on in Chicago, and this isn't as great. But it's a little X rated, but it's so fun, you know? And so at a certain that. point, I don't know, they just like, they accepted it, you know? I definitely skirt around the edges at some point with my grandparents like or of my course. grandpa with more yeah. with my grandpa with my papa where I'm like mm, I don't know if I'm going to tell you that I'm doing a thesis on my a BDSM couple like I might tell you if you ask but I'm not going to lead with that oh of course my grandma is like relatively open to all of that because right. she's like I get it girl and like my dad yes and my, grandma like my dad and my mom are both like at this point have like everyone in my family has accepted it it's mm-hmm. like the joke Olivia is this and it's whatever and it's fine so I've been lucky because <laughs> they have supported me like again it's not like and I don't mean this in a diminishing way, but it's no, not like I'm doing course. porn because there's no. something like that would yeah. make it more difficult. Well, like low key, I would totally be interested in producing a porno. I'm curious. I'm very. I curious. think you do so well at <laughs> I'm it. I'm so curious. I it's, think you do so well. This is a topic well. for another time, but um, this is a topic for off camera. But also, no, like, yeah. like truly, you remind me of a. Um, have you watched uh, Hot Girls Wanted Girls on Top? Yes. Uh, I watched one of them. I don't know if it was Girls on okay, Top, so but I watched the, the, the original conf- The confusing thing is there's Hot Girls Wanted, there's a documentary, and then there's Hot Girls Wanted, Girls on Top. I could be totally wrong. I am love drunk, ladies and gentlemen. So there are two, there's the documentary, and then there's the docu-series, mm-hmm. and the first episode the of the- docu-series. Yeah, okay, the first yeah. episode, and it's, it's Erica Lust, and yes, she focuses yeah, know, on- Lust feminist porn yeah you would be so good at that i know i think the only thing is i would get bored in porn i was literally thinking about it actively but it would be like a dabble thing it would be like a dabble thing it's like you know so successful i'll start a porn company no uh that's the thing i think i would get bored in porn like Mm -hmm. to be totally honest Mm -hmm. i don't think it would fully keep my attention but Mm -hmm. i would be interested it's it's hard because i have such mixed feelings about porn I understand. You know, but porn aside, because I'm not doing it <laughs> yet. Yes. Check, check out my OnlyFans. It's just pictures of my gross ass feet. No, um, <laughs> I was lucky too, because it's like at this point when I started to make the shift artistically, my my family was like chill with it. So you know, whatevs. That's great. I do have to ask. We've talked about porn. We've talked about sex. We've talked about sex education. We've talked about sexuality and everything. But I do have to ask you, Olivia Began, do you believe in love? Oh, my gosh. What if I was like, no, fuck no. Uh, No, I do. I do believe in it. 
Wow, it's like, this is like the hardest question you could ask. You'd be like, so what about This dildos? is just the first question. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, no, no, no. Um, love, no. I believe in love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's hard because I think there are different categories of love. Yes. Um, uh-huh. Even yeah. and just within romantic love. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think I've had loves. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know that I've experienced, like, the love. Right. You know? Yeah. It's it's something where there was a period of time where I truly believed, and and based on my experience, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in this anymore, where it's, it's I truly believed that you could not love another person unless they also loved you back. Mm-hmm. I think there is a different version of that. I think that you can, maybe it's not, like, true love, whatever you say, but, like, I was very confident for a while where I was like, if someone does not love you back, that's not love. Because mm-hmm. love is not unrequited. Like, love has to be two equal parts. I I do believe in unrequited love now. Like, it's it's something where, like, I did, I told someone that I loved them and they didn't feel that back for me. Um, and it sucked. It hurt. But that didn't diminish my feelings. That's so interesting because... <laughs> No, it's so interesting because I was the inverse. I used to believe I... Tommy, no, Tommy. No, 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 no. I used to believe... I felt like I was unrequited love all the fucking time. <laughs> I felt like that was like my high school fucking Taylor Swift song. Oh, 100%. Um, you it's, know. It's, it's also... It's either love story or um, fucking... You belong with me. You belong that with me. That was my song. That was my song. God, no. I I am like... I had a toxic friend. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's get into it. That's very, what the podcast is for. I had a very toxic friend who dated... My so I was like in love. It was known in our friend group that I was like obsessed with this guy, mm-hmm. um, that I was friends with, and my best friend at the time, she date like wanted to date him. Like they like developed feelings for each other, and I was like, you know what? I care about both of you. I know everyone says that, but I'm like low key. I was just a selfish martyr. I it's, wanted to be an emo, <laughs> like you know. I was like, it was, but myself. that's the thing. That's what I've always said. Where it's like, if there are real feelings there, I can't stand in the way of that. If you're just like fucking the dude, if you're just like, uh, you know, like that's the thing. Is it's like you could fuck any man. Oh but yeah. But like if you if you are my friend and, and you cared you're, about them, and that was the thing, and I cared about him a lot, and I was like. If you want... If there's a legitimate connection, can't be mad at great. that. And it was, can't be upset at that. And it was that. one of those awkward things, though, because I was close with both of them, and they had a very tumultuous relationship, so right. they came to me. But my point is, is so my friend knowingly would, like, invite me over to hang out, and then would invite him to hang no. out. Mm-mm. And then, like, the two of them would go off. No. And she no, would no, no, no. refer... Mm-mm. Like, this is, like, the biggest, like, basic-ass white girls shit... But she was the one that, like, sent me, like, the song, You Belong With Me, and was like, oh, this is your song. <gasps> like, literally, like, this is your song, right? And then she would say, and I don't even fucking watch One Tree Hill, but she would go, I am Sophia, and you're the, the Peyton, Sophia fucking Bush, the, the, you're Peyton, like, you're Peyton. And I'm like, I don't even watch that, I know what it means, and then it's like, 
like you're the one that Lucas is supposed to be with. That's disgusting. Fucked up, right? Super fucked up. Awful. Long story short, we're not friends any longer, and then I eventually did date the guy. He's, he was my high school boyfriend. He did belong with he, you. He was my high school boyfriend. Um, We're friends now. It's in. It's chill. And right. We we yeah. We went the path. But yeah. <laughs> so that's hilarious. I was the like I was. I'm done. I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast. I was like the the girl that the dude cheated on his girlfriend. You were with. the other. Girl. I was the other mm. woman. The other woman. I was 16. I still regret it. I'm like, ew, gross. But I mean, I think it just shows you're a good person. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, we make mistakes, but the fact that you, there's so many women who are like, oh, I don't owe her anything. And yeah, yeah. it's it's something where, and granted, I straight up was like, I don't understand why we can't still be friends. And she was like, bitch, what? And I was like, at the time, I was like, didn't but, like, it. it's, you know, I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. There it, there was a huge betrayal happening. Because also, she trusted me. We were friends. Like, we were 100% friends before she started dating this dude, before he showed interest in me, before mm-hmm. I showed interest in him. 110%. Like, she had every right to be upset. Like, and, and it's me being like, I was in the wrong but also, granted, that was over 10 years ago. They're both married. Um, oh, my God. But it actually was, fun fact, both both sides of it were married. But <laughs> I did end, I ended up at a wedding at a table with her because it was a high school friend. Oh, my God. My eyes just got so big. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, no. And I ended up, and I was like still trying to impress this girl that I had hurt like years and years ago. And she's already like I think at the time she was engaged I don't think she was married yet but I think at the time she was at least engaged mm-hmm. and she said something and I was like oh yeah me too and I was like literally lying just to I don't know be okay with her just to be and it was something that I was trying to make up for and it was they have they have a unique relationship that I had no awareness of no sure. nothing whatever I've forgiven myself for it. Like, in my, in my, like, cheating, terrible in my adult brain. I'm, like, awful, We've terrible at the worst. I've done it. I've done it once. <gasps> I've done it once. Tell me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is, like, the most, oh. So, it was, it's funny because you, it hits you so hard, mm-hmm. right? When you, when you really realize it and when you truly feel bad about it. When it you hits, comprehend it. It hits it, you so hard. It's like a deck. Like, I'm, and I'm not kidding. This was when I was 16 years old. I am. And it shapes you. Like, you're like, I'll never do you. that again. Yeah. It 100% shapes you. I tell Ugh. my, I'm, t- I'm 28. I told my boyfriend recently that I was the other woman in some high school romance and I was like, will he turn away from me? Will it's like the Bachelor like- episode when they were like, he was like, I cheated on someone. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, is this going to be yeah. the thing? And it's, and it's something where no, you're you like. No, you grow. You get past it. You grow and you Think get past it. the things, the red flags that you ignore. <laughs> also, like, no, like straight up. And I'm not using this as an excuse. My dad was dying at the time. So I very much use that as an excuse of like, I can do whatever I want. Sure. And now I'm an adult. Time. Yeah. Now I'm an adult. And I know that that's not appropriate, but. It, that was your you life. You do then. grow and change. Yeah. Anyway, no, continue. I, no, no, no. I the only person I ever cheated on. Oh my god, I felt so bad. So it was like after I dated this guy, um, my like my my high school mm-hmm. main boyfriend who I was obsessed with. We'll call him Skinny Jeans because Skinny Jeans. That was his um. In MO. case you're wondering, I don't know if you've ever listened to the podcast before, but I do. 
uh, encourage code names just because if you're listening to this podcast, you might think like, oh no, I've totally been involved with Charlotte or Olivia. Um, they're gonna <laughs> Many fuck my whole shit. <laughs> Don't worry. I encourage using the like code names because we're not gonna we're not gonna air out your dirty laundry and yeah. no one's gonna know, but we're gonna know. Mm. Anyway, continue. Uh, but yeah, skinny jeans because like just imagine the type. Mm-hmm. Very into my chem. I am into also my chem as well. I'm CFA. <laughs> but so I dated this other guy. We'll call him uh, Phantom because Phantom. like Phantom uh, of the Opera. Yes, yes. Emo. It literally except like Emo upset. Kid. he introduced me to Phantom of the Opera. Love that. He was, it was one of those where, like, we were friends, mm-hmm. and I think I had, like, a friend obsession with him. I don't know if you've ever had that. Yes. Right? Yes. Where you're like, I'm so obsessed with this person yes. as a friend. Yes. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, a, it's a weird, oh my god, I'm right? so glad you said that. I thought I was fucking crazy. No. There are people, especially when I met, like, um, obsessed. when I met men in college, where I just became so obsessed with being their friends, and I was like, "Do I have romantic feelings? Do exactly. I not?" And you just and didn't know. Yes, but it's like when you have this like weird like chemistry and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, "Oh my god, oh my god, this person!" And then these things started like. Then it was kind of like we were seeing each other, and it was it was very clear like he was a romantic. I'm not saying I'm not, <laughs> but. You know, Olivia he, sex only. Yeah, the, yeah, no, bitch. <laughs> no, but he was more emotional, and I think especially in high school, I was a lot harder than mm-hmm. I am now. Like now, I'm very a lot more open to my emotions. Back then, I was like, you're like can't feel an emotion. Don't German. know who that bitch is. <laughs> Deutsch. Fuck no, that. Um, we were really good friends, and it was coming out of skinny jeans, right? Where. I was so into him. We had dated for a year. We had good sexual communication, but he was not a great boyfriend, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I went into this new guy who was, like, phantom, he was, like, romantic, and he did all these nice things, and, like, we went – he, like, took me on a date to go see Beauty and the Beast in um, Chicago and, like, that. researched all these restaurants, went and got a, an a, Italian restaurant because I loved Italian, like – but no, he did all these really amazing things and was just this really attentive, very attentive, winky winky, wink wink boyfriend. It, but it was like a combination of me coming out of kind of this relationship where it was lacking someone who was boyfriend material, right? And also transitioning into college, and so I was kind of like, I'm not going to date you I literally was like I'm not going to date you when we when we get to college because like Mm -hmm. I want I want to be single like I want the freedom I don't want the stress and all this other stuff right so I was very upfront but things still get super muddled oh of course and the issue was was I was like I say love because I'm I'm just using that word freely but I was like obsessed with his one of his best friends. And I, who was my first kiss before skinny jeans. Oh <laughs> my God. The history here and the drama. The drama. Um, We'll call him Eyepatch because that was his AIM name. His AIM, his online instrument. Love, it. love it, love it. But I was so into him and we were really good friends, but he just never made the effort. 
And then this other relationship happened with Phantom. And I was just kind of like went with it. And then there was a party where Phantom was not there because senior year was the year that we like experimented with drinking. Right. And the two of us, I Patch and I got really drunk and we made out. And the funny thing is like looking back, I'm like, oh, we made like we made out. That was me cheating on him. Like I made out with this other guy, but I yeah. felt so, so bad. Yeah. And I, and eventually came out and it was it was it was a dark time for me, you know? Oh, um, no. But, no. So, I mean, that's just it. And it happens to everyone. And I think what I learned from that, like you said, too, is, like, there are people who you connect with, but it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything more. And I think that's the hard part is recognizing when you need to let someone go and I try and that was the issue was like I did try to let that person go mm-hmm. but then I felt guilty about letting them go and sometimes like you just have to look past that yeah oh my gosh mm-hmm. um well <laughs> I was trying to transition all neatly I don't think I can transition neatly Jump but my back. next question <laughs> my oh we're love drunk ladies and gentlemen I've got a few you're done with I'm yours. done with mine I'm like I've got literally, wait, feel this. It's a few sips. Girl, you need it's a, a sip. Few, I'm about to be like, what do you have in your fridge? Let's drink some antifreeze. Like, <laughs> let's get the drain out. Because I'm on a high. We got a, little, we got a little bar cart. You can drink whatever you want, baby. You're always welcome. Oh. But, okay, so here's the thing. It's, it's usually like I try to transition it more neatly than this. But well, I'm just going to ask you, are you going to get married and can I come? Oh, my God, yes. And my Thank marriage you. is going to be a show. Tell me about it. <laughs> Tell me about it. No, I, like, I, uh, I like to preface this with, like, I was the annoying girl growing up. Like, I was not cute. I was, like, the whole Tina Fey thing where it was, like, I developed a personality and then eventually glowed up. I'm very, you know me, I'm very chill. Yeah. I'm, I'm not chill. I don't come off as a romantic. I think I'm a secret romantic. You are. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's, it's something where, like, when I first met you, I was like, this is Olivia and this who's, like, this is who she is. And mm-hmm. then, like, getting to know you more, I'm like, oh, she's a softie. Yeah. She's a little softy baby. She and just doesn't let anyone know No, it. and yeah. some of that is because, like, I wanted to be the anti growing up, right? Of course. Like, especially when I was like, oh, I'm kind of this ugly duckling. Like, I don't want to be the girl that loves Gossip Girl and watches Vampire Diaries. Of course, because it's now. like, if you're like, you literally want to be the anti-girl. You don't want to be you like You have to connect in a different way. Yeah. Like, that was the issue, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and to be fair, it was not like I was trying that hard. Like, I at that moment, that was what my truth was. Right, you of know? course, yeah. But looking back now, I'm like, all right, Olivia, you also were obsessed with Pride and Prejudice. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like the whole thing with my wedding is... It's going to be a show. Yes, of course. I would expect nothing less. And that's the that's the thing. It's like it's going to be choreographed. Because, like, coming from theater, coming from entertainment, mm-hmm. like, I want it. It's not that it has to be expensive. It's just that, like, everything has to flow together. Every, okay. Like, there has to be events. There yeah. has to be moments. There has to be... Entertainment. There has to be speeches, and like speeches are normal. But I'm like, I'm like, all right, my bridesmaids are gonna learn to dance. Literally, I was joking. I'm like, they're gonna learn to dance for Pride and Prejudice. They're we're gonna do this. <gasps> I kind of want to do it in a maze. I'm like all over the place. Wait, a maze? Like a labyrinth? Cause like you know I love labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
and I'm like, should I put my wedding in a labyrinth? No, oh and God. I wanted to do a masquerade. I wanted to do a masquerade theme, too. Um, but yeah, no, I, d- I definitely want to get married. If I don't get married, I'm fucking having a party for myself and doing all the shit. But I also, like, I'm kind of a, a nerd, and I also love Disney World. And I know a lot of people are like, you can't have a class, like, it's expensive, and you can't have a classy wedding in Disney World, but mm-hmm. I would argue that like have you seen their customer service have you seen what they i can saw do? a listen i saw a tiktok today truly maybe three hours before you came over and it was like they're people who plan the shit they first of all they get commission from disney they don't it's never at the expense of the customer and she's like I'm finding all the deals. I'm finding all the shit. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. it's, like, honestly, Disney is a, a well-oiled machine. And, and the, I feel like. No, they are. Yeah. And, like, people are like, oh, it'll be kitschy. And I'm like, it's kitschy if you make it kitschy. Mm-hmm. It's kitschy if you're a Disney fan that wears, you know, Disney jewelry. There are Disney adults, and there are just adults who love Disney. Exactly. It's and, different. And for me, it, because I lived in Florida for two years, we would go every weekend. Yeah. So it's very nostalgic to me. So it's like some, some people are like, oh, there's this church with this priest I want to get married in. And I'm like, Disney to me is that. Like, Disney to me is like my childhood. Oh, and so it's, so it's like if I, if I didn't have a wedding there mm-hmm. and I wanted to like have a wedding elsewhere, I would totally have like a bachelorette. Like, to me, it's very special to me. So something mm-hmm. will be Disney related. Just right. because Disney World is different. Than being a Disney fan or Disney whatever. Oh, it's very 100%. bizarre. Yeah. It's very no, bizarre. It's, it's I totally world, get it, yeah. Totally for sure. But like the wedding. Yeah, I don't know. Gonna be in a maze. Gonna be in a labyrinth. Gonna be in a vineyard. I don't it's literally that. you like a full like costume. It's a like, show. It'll, it'll be a show. It'll be a show. It'll be a show. People will have masks. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it'll be a sex show, but you never know. It could be the post party. Hey, baby. Honey, all boom. I care about is if I'm invited or oh, not. Oh, totally all... invited. Hell yeah. I, I do want to talk to you about, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about dating during COVID. What's so going on? Fun. What's going on? What's happening? Tell me, tell me everything about it. Ah, well, I feel like, I feel like there's like two COVID for me. Cause like mm-hmm. it was like Chicago versus LA. Right. Right. Because I was in Chicago from like March to literally the day after Thanksgiving. And then from there now till now i've been in los angeles Mm -hmm. right so like anyone the beginning of covid didn't see anyone was just with my family yeah it was you know maybe having a couple little texty texts with my Mm -hmm. daddy uh older guy i was seeing before i moved to la the first time and then when i was in chicago i actually was i was there long enough that i saw two different people okay I think I only knew about one of yeah. these people. <laughs> the first one was trash. <laughs> like, no. my nails. Like, my nails. My fucking nails that I tried to do. Oh, my into. God. Love, um, love, love. No, so I... Oh, my God. Let's bring it back to middle school. You want to hear some fucking trauma? Yes. yes. So, basically, um, in Illinois, the restrictions were less strict. Mm-hmm. Especially because the number count was, like, much case count was much lower. Um, and so there was a point during the summer where I think everyone felt a little more comfortable. It was like things were open. We'd been doing it for a while. We'd, you know, been going out. And I ended up meeting this guy. 
and we uh, started talking, and then, you know, we kind of, like, knew that both people were safe, and we, like, decided to hang out, and then I started seeing him. I'll call him substitute teacher, because he was a substitute teacher. Uh, not now, he's a cur- currently a teacher, um, but <laughs> when I knew him, because I had known him before and I didn't realize it. So the whole draw, and I didn't realize it until we hung out, was like he was older. Mm-hmm. He is, he was 39 at the time. Now he's 40, which is like not a big, not a big age gap for me. The guy that I saw before that was 45. And I'm like, he's just prepping me for fucking Marshall Mathers. <laughs> oh my God. And he was a daddy. Love. Hilarious. Um, but uh, the substitute teacher guy, he, I found out that we were just casually talking one day and he was like, oh, like, did you go to this, you know, he's like, are you from this area? Naperville. I'm from Naperville in mm-hmm. Illinois. And he, and I was like, yeah, I'm from Naperville, but I currently live with my family out in Yorkville, which is like the fucking boonies. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, well, if you, you know, were in Naperville, like, which middle school did you go to? And I was like, and Naperville's big. And I was like, oh, he went to Washington. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, then you probably know, you know, he's like, like, do you, you might know my dad. Like, so basically, basically, long story short, I found out that his dad was like my sixth grade. Stop. Yes. No, hate, hate it. No, hate it. Hate it. My sixth no. grade teacher. He was my fucking homeroom teacher. <gasps> My language arts teacher, which no. was two periods, and my social studies teacher. He gave me my first award. I won a lot of awards in middle school. Like, I feel like I was, like, kind of plateau in high school. But in middle school, I fucking ran that school. Oh, my God. And, no, he had me. And, like, even better, uh, substitute was a substitute teacher. That's why I, like, he definitely taught my class whilst I was attending. Like, he, I, like, remember him because it was, like, his son. And he helps with cross-country, and I hate, 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 hate it, hate it, So immediately, like, the fucking pervert that I am, I'm like, that's hot. (laughs) I'm like, Olivia. I was like, oh, you were, you know, my substitute teacher and also track coach, your cross-country coach. I'm like, fucking hot right <laughs> mistake big big mistake big huge mistake. huge um no it did not end well because it was kind of like one of those things where it was like a couple weeks in i was like this person's way too invested and now i'm here again and i'm not as invested but it's it was kind of like your quarantine and you invested this time with a person that you know was safe and yeah. you're like what are you gonna do mm-hmm. But it was just, like, the more that I hung out, it was, like, very clear that he wanted to take it to the next level. But he was very immature. I think he had a drinking problem. Like, there were a lot of issues. And it was, like, same thing. It was bad timing. He turned 40 while I was there. So we had a 40th, like, 40-year-old party. Ah, no. And I was there. No, and no, I was, no, like, no, embarrassed because no, 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 no. he was just, like, shit-faced all the time. And I was, like, what is my life? This is not what I want. Mm-hmm. And I ended it. And, oh, my God, actually one of the worst, quote-unquote, breakups that I've ever had. It was, like, so 
we had been texting and it, things were off and, you know, he brought it up and I was like, look, I've been waiting to have this conversation with you in person, but these are kind of like the issues that I'm feeling right now in this relationship. And we haven't been seeing, we've been seeing each other for like a month. So it's not like yeah. super long, but no, still, of course. I still was like, I owe you the decency of like talking to you in person and like working through everything. Of course. And, um, didn't want to just like bring it over, text me like, Hey, I'm not interested. Peace out. Bye. And I was like, in the conversation, I was saying all these things. And he was not listening. He was like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great, great. So we're good now. And I'm like, <gasps> no. no. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, we're not good. And I'm like, let's talk. I was like, let's talk in person. So I uh, had stayed the night at my like best friend's place, Raquel. And I was like, all right, I'm going to meet this person. And you know, places are open in Chicago and, and the suburbs where I was at because it was a summer. And he, he was like, all right, let's meet at Sullivan's, which is a steakhouse for people who don't know. And I was like, he's like, let's meet at Sullivan's at noon. And I was like, um. A fancy steakhouse at noon? First of all, I said, um, first off, no. I was like, why can't we just go to your place? I was like, I want to yeah. have, this is a kind of a intimate conversation right i want to just have this conversation with you in person yeah and he was like no i want to go to solvents no already uh-huh. red flag right but i'm like you know what he just feels emasculated it's fine <laughs> fine and i go okay great i was like fine if you want to go to solvents okay but i can't be there at noon it's going to take me an hour to get home i got to change and then it's going to take me about 45 minutes to get back to naperville and I was like, the earliest I can do is three. And he goes, 2.30. <gasps> right? Like, the nerve. The nerve. Are <laughs> so you kidding me? Already I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be there at three is whatever. So I get there. And oh my God. So we go, because of the COVID constrictions, it was like, obviously the main dining area was closed off. Of course, yeah. So it was this open area that was like this bar area. And... There were a couple other couples that were, you know, socially distanced away, Mm -hmm. but it was so quiet in the bar that I could literally hear the person across the room eating their salad. No. The salad. No. Mm -hmm. So I walk in, and Sullivan's is a steakhouse, (laughs) and he's wearing a, like, Bulls jersey, has, like, a baseball cap on. Oh, no. And all this shit. And I'm already, no, no, no. like, this is Remind a trap. Remind me how old he is, 40? Yes, he's he, 40. Disgusting. I'm like, disgusting, this is a trap. Bad. This is a <laughs> trap. And so he has rings around his eyes. No. Mm-mm. So I'm like, either he's been sobbing or he's drunk and hungover. And I sit down. And he is talking so loudly about how one of the characters, or characters, <laughs> sports, <laughs> this is how much I know about sports, one of the players, not characters, he goes, one of the, he's like, oh yeah, that guy's known as like, Big Dick Nick, and says it loud, like to another table, he's like, it's Big Dick Nick, and like, you know me, I'm not a prude, but no. I can, I can read a fucking yeah, of course I'm like, can. this person is so uncomfortable, and you're saying like, Big Dick Nick, loudly in a room, no. in a nice steakhouse. Incorrect. It's a nice steakhouse. Nice steakhouse. And so he says that, and looks at me, and I literally go, excuse me, I need to go to the restroom. So I got up. I went into the bathroom. I fr- I literally freaked out. I called my best friend and I was like, I don't know what to do. This, this, and that. 
So I decided, and I don't think younger Olivia would have done this. I think younger Olivia would have gone back in, sat down, and tried to be nice. Yeah. But me now, I left. I went across the street. I sat on, like, we have a nice river walk. And I sat on the hill, and I texted him, and I was like, I cannot have this conversation with you in here. I was like, I feel very uncomfortable. Like, I will be waiting out here on the hill. You can come out to me if you want to talk. And he was like, no, I ordered calamari. <laughs> I was like, I was like, fuck you. I was like, finish. I was like, get your drink. I was like, finish your drink. Take your calamari. I'll be here for 10 minutes. If you're not here in 10 minutes, I'm leaving. Oh my God. So love. he comes out to the hill. Finally. Cause and his whole thing was like, he's like, we can talk in here. And I go, yes. I go, we can talk in here, but I don't feel comfortable talking yeah, in here. Yeah, of course. You can hear a fucking pin drop in this room, you know? And I'm trying to break up with you. Like, I was like, this is not, like, this is a conversation where it's, like, we're ending things and I'm here to resolve some kind of closure for you because I don't want to be an asshole. Yeah. So, the conversation proceeds where, you know, basically it was him just, like, giving me shit and then, like, me trying to keep my composure but like his whole thing was like you know he's like you're just like because now Naperville is a very affluent area he's like you're just like all those other Naperville bitches he's like you just like wanted me for my money which I'm like you're a teacher no offense you guys are underpaid for sure yeah but like like, also you're underpaid for sure but like that's not a bragging right no he was like he's like you just wanted me for this he's like He's like, you fucking wanted a steakhouse dinner at Sullivan's. And I go, he, you picked I was like, you picked Sullivan's. I was outside this situation. I know that you did not plan this. I was like, I did not want to eat here. I didn't order anything. And he, like, proceeded to be like. He was the one that ordered he literally, he was literally like, you're just like all those other rich bitches from whatever who get everything they want. Which no, I no, was no, like, no, that no, is no, not no, no, at no, all no, my no, upbringing no, no. at all. Uh-uh. And, and, and was like, oh, he's like, so what about the time? So there was a time where I came over and he like got me a burrito because he went to get a burrito. He's like, oh, so what about the time I got you a burrito? And I was like, what? And he goes, or like that time that we ordered, that we ordered Chinese food and you took the leftovers. (laughs) And I literally go, Mm. and leftovers are important. But I look at him and I go, you hold me to take the fucking leftovers like what the fuck do you want anyways long story short it was this long whole thing where he was just trying to diss me and i was trying to be like you were trying to have a respectful breakup yeah i was like i came here to give you closure i i was like because i i even said to him i was like if you think this little of me like why why would i because then he was like oh i forget it i forget it i'm like no if you really think this low of me then why would you want to be with me and like why would i want to be with someone who thinks this low of me exactly you know and and i just kind of was like look i came here to have a productive conversation and we're not getting past the fact that like you have this perception of me and you you know feel emasculated and that is what it is and you have your own hang-ups um but i'm like i was like i'm gonna go and it was just, it was just one of those things. It was like, I remember walking away being like, this was like the worst break, like the, just crazy. Where he was just saying shit where I was just like, what the fuck? Like the leftovers? Like that's what's 
I'm a gold but digger. It's, 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 I am it's a gold shit. digger for taking the fucking Chinese leftovers that you gave me. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. Me, as the person who has been in the most healthy relationship of their life, it's straight up like, my boyfriend has been like, you eat leftovers more often than I do. Do you want to take these? And, and that's I'm like, love. And that's, that's real love. That's real love. That's real true love, host. That's it. <laughs> Wait, let's talk about love songs, breakup songs. Do you why, have why, like why? breakup songs? Yeah, love songs or breakup songs. Oh, Do you have like songs I have a castration specific? playlist. It's literally called <laughs> castration. I love it. Maybe we'll skip the love songs part. And we'll just talk about the breakup songs. Um, no, I will. I, I'll address the love songs first. So there are a couple songs. I I one song comes to mind. Okay. That I think of mm-hmm. when I'm like crushing, like when I feel it, when of I'm course. like in a mood. Yeah, let's do it. And it's like a song where. You know I have songs that remind you of people? And yes. then they become tainted. Yeah. This song, Ugh. thankfully, is just like, it's a happy song. So Good. it's like, even if it's like, that guy didn't work out, fuck it. It can be my happy song for the next guy, right? Yes. I really like, what is the song? F- fuck, what is the song? It's, um. You can look at, you can look at your Kiss phone. It's Kiss Me by Sixpence. <gasps> Kiss Me by Sixpence on the Richer? Yes. That song, I like, it just like. I'm not going to sing because I'm bad singing voice. But that song just always gives me the vibe. Because I think it was, um, oh my god, this is a Tasha thing. But uh, it was the first date. I remember it was like after I graduated, I had this date with this guy. And it was like the first real date, even after college, that I got on. Because it was like all the guys that I dated, I knew. They were like my friends. We hung out. So there weren't like formal dates. Like, we went on dates after we dated, but I never had, like, a first, like, first date. Yeah. So, like, my first, first date was post-college. And this is where Tasha, my savage sister, (laughs) she goes, I remember being, like, because I was staying with my grandparents at the time, and she was, like, oh, you're going on a date? I was, like, yeah. And she's, like, it's your first, first date? And I go, yeah. And she goes aren't you, like, you know, 24? Or, like, however, I was, like, 22 or whatever. And I was, like, yeah. And she's, like, that's kind of sad. <laughs> savage. It was savage. Savage. And I was, like, Natasha, I'm sorry, but, like, wait till you're 22 and uh, deal with all the men that you have to deal with till now, you know? But she was, 100%. like, it's kind of sad that you've never been on a first date and you're 22. And I'm, like, all right, bitch. Uh... Angsty songs, though. My go-to angsty song is uh, I Always Loved You Ought to Know uh, by Alanis Morissette. Yes. And, I mean, like, I'm sure I have way darker songs on there, too. But I just feel like that's, like, the epitome of a breakup song. You know? Like, Mm -hmm. if you feel my nails scratching down someone else's back, like, I hope you feel it, you know? So good. But... I can load the playlist later if you need it. I'll just, I'll just look really quick. Just um, look real quick. See if you have like a few like. Oh, here it is. Okay, here's my castration playlist. Okay, so we have Back to Black, Before He Cheats, Best Thing I Never Had, Boss Ass Bitch, Can't Hold Us Down, I'm trying, Cry Me a River, although I. I recent within events. A recent, yeah. Recent events. 
sense. I get it. Totally. Foundations by Kate Nash is a really good one. <gasps> oh so my. Oh Yes. It's so good. It's It's so underrated, good. but it's a good one. Yes. It's 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 like you wouldn't know. Go yeah. Your Own Way is a classic. Goodbye by Christina mm. DeBarge, if that's how you say her name. I was here. That helped a lot. <gasps> yeah. I don't want you back. Um rumor has it. Okay. Classic jo- some little JoJo, too little too late. You're so vain was a big one. Fantastic. Um, you gotta know, it's just like the best one. Um, I've had the same breakup song since I was in the eighth grade. What was it? And it is In the Rough by Anna and Alec. Wait, I don't know if I know that song. It we'll have to listen to it. It's I listened to it recently, just remembering that that was like my breakup song. And like, I'm not kidding. I moved out to LA. Tried to date this one dude. It was I his codename Bumble Boy. He was the first <laughs> Bumble date I'd ever been on. Literally just trying to navigate this with a cup. No, you're not. I hate it. He was the first Bumble date I ever had, and I was like obsessed with him. And um, this is how you know she's really drunk. <laughs> To all, to all, everyone listening, like, just so you know it's authentic. I love drunk ladies and gentlemen. What, what, e- what even are hiccups? What is that? I don't what understand. Like, I, under- like, was it not like if you burped and hiccuped or something at the same time you die? <laughs> like, it's like, if you did, if you coughed, burped, and hiccuped at the same time you die or something. <sighs> I'm going to bring up, we don't have a code name for him yet, but the. Guy the person we, Yes, yes. The oh, person no, we're saying. Yes. I'm afraid he's going to listen. Just don't give him the name of the podcast. Fuck, I he hate just these knows, He knows I'm on a podcast, podcast, podcast right now. Podcast? No, apparently Charlotte and I have seen the same man. I love this. I'm like, how big is LA? Like, how big are cities where you don't cross lovers? I mean, I might even say, like, he's Charlotte's lover, but, like, in general. Like, you don't we cross went, lovers. Literally, we went on two dates. Like, we it's not a big dates. deal, but yeah, no, um, <laughs> I, things are going well. I'm very, like, I'm very a little, like, oh, I don't want to talk about it because I'm like, oh, things are not going well. Right. Um, but, <laughs> like, trying to figure out how to, like, navigate how I want to talk about it. No, okay, you know what I will say? So, I'm very sexually forward, and... Something that I really like about him, I mean, he's like a a, a three dimensional person with depth and emotions and whatever. But if we're, if we're gonna get on a whole person, if who we're gonna get history. to the fun stuff. Okay, yes, let's do. Let's get to the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first time we hooked up, he made a comment that I've had a couple, like the last guy that I was saw who I was super into in Chicago. He's says something very similar where he was like I get off to my partner having pleasure and when you hear that you're just like ding 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 I've won the fucking lottery you know what I mean right you're like game over let's go match set let's let's do this love it and so like we hooked up the first time and I kind of like told him what I liked and whatever the second time we hooked up I'm not gonna lie I was it was like one of those things where you know on a night where you drink and you get drunk early, and then you get hungover early. Yes, <laughs> it's a nightmare. You get a 
you get a hangover at like 2 a.m. and you're like, what the fuck is this? Yes. And so I got hungover early. Like we were still hanging out and we were in bed. And I was like, he was like kind of trying to do like, be like cute and like kiss me and make out with me. And I was like, I'm a doll. I literally was like, I'm a blow up doll. <laughs> because I was like, I'm too tired. <laughs> I'm too hungover. Like it's only like three in the morning. But I feel hungover from all the vodka I drank, which is why I chose wine now, but we're of drinking vodka yes. now. Uh-oh. And eventually... And, and now I have hiccups, like, literally... Oh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying so desperately to get rid of, but, like, you might just have to accept that I have hiccups for the I rest think, of this episode. I think it's really cute. But, so, yeah. we were hooking up, and... You know, I'm kind of like, honestly, I was kind of laying there kind of starfishy. I was like kind of Patrick Star. And I was kind of like, I'm not, because the first time I was like, I'm putting energy, I'm writing this, whatever. We didn't have sex, but um, a lot of foreplay. And the second time I'm like, I'm hungover. I just like want to go to bed. You know, like when you hit that point. Yes. And I'm a very sexual person. I'm like, I'm, I don't know. But then. If you, sex is an option, I'll have it. But also like, but that. That's how you it's know. It's a lot of work. Like, it's a lot of work. It is, a lot, it is work. a lot of work. And so it's like, that's how you know where it's like, when I want sex, I want it. But like, when I don't, I'm like, wow, I respect that even more. Mm-hmm. Well, and so my whole thing was like, at a certain point though, you get me going and then my hangover like disappears. <laughs> uh-huh. And so he was all like, because I told him the first time we hung out, I like showed him all my sex toys. Very intimidating move, right, on my part. Not that I have that many, but I have enough. <laughs> and But also uh, just, like, cut them out if they're not down for it. Like No, whatever, yeah, and it whatever. wasn't like, you do these. I was just kind of like, we were having a conversation, and I was like, oh, these are the things I have. And he was, like, super into, and <laughs> I will be sponsored all day by the magic wand. <laughs> <laughs> it's made it into all of like my most recent art projects in the past mm-hmm. year but uh i have like the magic wand the cordless one multiple pulsations multiple power love ones. It. Love e- it. ladies if you have not orgasmed please invest in this it is Dude, the feel, best the I best bad. i feel bad for ladies who have not orgasmed trust me i'm a person who has been having sex for a long time i'm very sexually open i love sex I do not think I've fully orgasmed until like a couple of, like I was gonna say hours ago. Until <laughs> mere of, hours ago. Like a couple of years ago. And recently I've been like weirdly obsessed with my own ejaculate. So that's another conversation. But and that happens with the G spot orgasm. But anyways, I digress. So with this guy, with Ted, as we shall call him. Um, he was all like, oh, like, I'd love to play with you with your vibrator, <gasps> with your wand. Love! And I was like, obviously, yes. So I, like, pull it out. And this is the thing. I've had other guys use it. Um, and some guys are intimidated by sex toys, and it really, really, really annoys me. Yeah. Because it's a communal experience, and it's making something better. And hopefully they're turned on by like making you feel good and being yes. a part of it like mm-hmm. you give them a role and they play to that role right mm-hmm. um but so he was using it and a lot of guys will go really hard right because like if you of don't course. know what the magic wand looks like it looks like a giant like ice cream cone 
that that could easily be mistaken for like a personal back massager. Yes, right. Like That's a the biggest thing is it looks like a it looks they like a that. microphone I slash think- back. Back massager. I think that's how they get away with selling it in Japan. But, like, I think it's, like, a personal massager. But, so, anyways, like, the thing that he did that was so great was a lot of guys will take it and they'll, like, thrust it on you really hard. And it hurts. Like, I'm like, bro, this is, like, this is machinery. Like, it's, like, got a little weight to it. Yeah. You know? It hurt. First of all, it hurts when you apply that much like pressure. And two, this is motherfucking powerful. So mm-hmm. now you're putting physical pain onto an extreme amount of vibration. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ready for that. And like he had a freakish amount of control at how light it was. Yeah. Like he was like all into like placing it and it was light and it was not forced and I was like all right I literally told him when I handed it to him I goes with 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 great responsibility responsibility. I literally said that and (laughs) and I was just like you know and and he respected that he was kind of like all right I told him he could level up. He could level up. You know, like that—that that was what it was. And I, there was a point where I was like, I like candidly turned to him and I go, "If you start fingering me and doing this, I will probably come." You know, and I didn't say I will. I just said I will probably. Probably, like that's how yeah. I do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And it was like he was just like so, like so down for it, and it was like the right speeds and the right amount of pressure and the right whatever. And I was just, and but he was into it because it was like he was into watching and seeing, and I was into watching him watch and see, you know, um, like a little bit of exhibitionism, a little bit of voyeurism, yeah. both parts of me. And I was like, he can be trained. <laughs> I was like, all right, like dual points noted. Love. So I will say that about him. I don't want to like go into anything else. And that's. When I found out Olivia was going out with him, he's so sweet. Where it's, where it's almost like I'm like, thank God, like a good person found him. Like sometimes you meet a very, very, a very, very nice person, and it just doesn't work with you. And you're like, I hope you found like just like a great person. Well, I mean, I feel similarly in the sense of like there was someone I dated a little bit ago, and on paper he was someone that I would be really interested in but then uh-huh. when I met him in person um because we talked on the phone and like you know we took our time or whatever when we eventually met in person and was safe and whatever I just didn't feel it and it sucked because yeah. I could kind of feel it a little bit when we talked on the phone because he had very low energy and like I, I mean, I think I come off as having like relatively high energy. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Um, and I, and and it's also like you never know what's gonna compliment you, but you know what mm-hmm. doesn't compliment you. Yes, you know what I mean. That's exactly it. Where it's yeah. like I know, I don't know what works for me, but I know what doesn't doesn't work, work for, for you. Yes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. on paper, this guy was everything. Perfect. Yeah, right, like. Like, I'll no, just, I I'll know. say it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll I say know. it. I'll say it. Like she's, he fucking, she's not going into too much detail. I'm but trying I not. Know. I'm not trying to call him out, but like he and he was a great guy. So like I feel the same way. Like mm-hmm. there's no heart. Like 
he fucking worked in porn, but, like, was in post-production. Like, he had a great job. Like, he had a great job. Mm -hmm. Family values from the Midwest. Had season passes at Disneyland. I'm a big Disney World person, as I mentioned previously. Like, love. Love. Listen, was willing to watch Vampire Diaries with me. Like, great guy. But I just didn't feel it. And it's... It's like that's the thing about like you come back to like love and relationships and whatever. Mm. Like sometimes, like I do believe there are relationships that are slow burners that grow and the romance and everything happens and it's not all at once. Mm. But at the same time, it's also like there's no explanation for what sparks you mm-hmm. and what doesn't spark you. Yeah. Because I can count on my hand. There's only been, like, three people that I've had a spark for. Like, maybe four. But four tops that I've had a spark for where I was like, this is not... And it's not even me being like, they're hot. Because I'm looking at these people and I'm like, yeah, I'm attracted to you, but you're not like a hottie. Exactly. It's like, listen, <laughs> I don't mean that in a diss way, but like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just like feel that like nervousness and you're like, why do I feel this nervousness about this person that I don't know and that mm-hmm. is not Ryan Reynolds? You know what I mean? Like, you like, like you yes. don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what that is. And that's, and that's the issue of I, I've always had is I'm like, I want to feel this can over consuming romance obsession if I'm with someone, but that I, I don't necessarily know that that always pans out. Sometimes obsession comes later. So like with this person and with that other person, like I just didn't feel it, but I don't mm-hmm. feel like it could have grown, you know, right with yeah. the person now, I feel like it is growing we're, like, even if you start out at, like, a small attraction, it can be fanned into a flame, and it it mm-hmm. can go somewhere. You can feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's hard because it's, like, you compare it to those moments where you're, like, why did I look at this person and I just feel this? Like, was, and this is where your whole point of, like, do you believe in love and true mm-hmm. love and whatever? You're, like, I didn't even know this person. Yeah. Why did I feel that? And they weren't the hottest person in the world. Why did I feel that? Yeah. Because it's not, you can't just say, oh, I was just attracted to them. Exactly. Because there's like the hottest people in the world and you look at them and it's not the same feeling. Mm-hmm. You know? Feelings are so weird. They're super They're weird. They're so weird. So weird. So now, mm-hmm. I've gotten to my final question for you. Oh, God. This is the end of the podcast. Which, like, I'm sad. I want to talk for forever. Oh, my God. Well, we we can just, like, outside the podcast. Oh, I know. I'm I'm, like, annoying and I'm Italian, so I talk a lot. <laughs> so, I have to ask you, Olivia Bacon, what does love feel like? Wow, I really blinked my eyes at that for the visual for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I have, like, honestly, I don't know that I have, because this goes back to our question about unrequited love, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's hard because I feel like I had love with my high school boyfriend. Of course. I feel like there was someone I was seeing before I came here mm-hmm. that 
If I didn't censor myself, I would say that I was in love with. Right. Um, in terms of saying, like, if I knew that they loved me, then I would say, oh, I love them. <laughs> it happens. It, it happens. happens. Yeah, of course. But, so I don't think, I, like, as much as the sexologist as I quote-unquote <laughs> am, um, I don't know that I'm the best person for this question, but I think that, and it sounds lame, I think love, and I've started to accept this, I think love feels safe. I think there is an mm-hmm. excitement because you know that it's this person. Like, there's an attachment, right? And that mm-hmm. comes with you picking out this person from from anyone. But there's a safety, you know, of being like, it's not hard. It's not up and down. It's not crazy. Like, I feel comfort in knowing, like, I am me mm-hmm. and they're them and I can relate to them. And I just feel like that's love. It's not the craziness. It's not the up and downs where we're like freaking Mm -hmm. out and playing games and texting and doing whatever. It's being like, I know that this person supports me Mm -hmm. and I feel myself and I feel them. And I think when you find that, but you're excited about it because I think you can feel safe and and be very like content. And plateaued. Yes. I think it's when you feel romantic, like when you feel excited and happy about a person, Mm -hmm. but you feel safe with them. I think that's what love is. I think that's the ultimate, right? Where it's like you're hot and heavy and you want to be with them and you're excited, Mm -hmm. but you're you're safe. You don't feel anxious. You're yourself. You can talk about anything. Mm -hmm. Like you're supportive. That, to me, like, I feel like that's what love is. Great. Yeah, no, I get that. No, it's, yeah. it's, I don't know. There's something so beautiful is that everyone experiences love so differently and they mm-hmm. express it so differently. And it's just something that I, I continue to hear about and I love and I just, like, I don't know. I love. It just, like, well, it adds to it for me, I guess. like, as a joke, like, I mean, I'm the girl. I've done threesomes. I've done foursomes. Like. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, yes. I've, I've done, I've done it all. Uh, not all, but a lot of it. And to me, like, safe, like, being safe, like, that's what it feels like. Safety, security, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't sound, like. Within that, I think there has to be spark and passion and chemistry. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be all those things. But I think knowing that someone is going to be there for you and not this tumultuous love, not this, like, live or die Romeo, Juliet, Jack or Rose love. Like, it's not that that doesn't count, but it's like, is that the love that you want at the end, you know? I want I want to be happy consistently. Uh-huh. You know, I want to be excited and passionate consistently. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to not have that. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, and I Yes, a hundred percent. I think yeah. it's like coming from like a very martyrous high school angst Degrassi. I'm Ellie from Degrassi. Degrassi, right? love it. I'm over set the sacrifice thing. 
Yeah. You know, like, I'm over that. Like, you want someone who's going to be there day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And that sounds lame, but I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. Mm-hmm. So, and you can still have fucking kinky sex and feel safe. That's the whole point. That's what a safe word is for. That's a right? whole, <laughs> that's a whole thing. I'm like, uh, I still have hiccups. Jesus Christ. I know. I'm about to get hiccups too. <laughs> um, but honestly, like, I hate to say this, but like, that's kind of all I had for us. <laughs> we could literally... We, we could, could talk for hours, we probably. Could talk for yeah, hours. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like could three talk more hours. Four hours. Um, but Olivia, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh my god! Thank, thank you, you so much for being on here. Um, follow me at Love Drunk Pod on Instagram. Follow me at O Charlotte Rose. Mm, you, can, you want to plug your social yes, media? Yeah, you can follow me at O Bagan, literally O B A G A N. I'm pretty sure that's my <laughs> Insta. Um, yes. Also, it is. in the process of launching my own podcast, yeah, be bad feminist, but just follow my personal Insta to uh, see how that goes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, um, yeah, I'm <laughs> so thrilled for this too. Um. But yeah, Olivia, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for being the first guest. I'm so excited. I was so hyped. It was so fun, and I'm so drunk. So I'm 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 absolutely. She's hyped up. She's like I'm like all right. I'll take out. I'll take care of this now, guys. Jeez. Oh my god. Well, I guess all I have left to say is, be loved and stay drunk, my friends. We love you. Good night. (laughs)